listening to a podcast from Light FM. It's the Light Breakfast with Asha and Terry, and continuing our celebration of our voices to yours, we are bringing in those familiar voices from across the history of radio. Very familiar people, and also today is one person that really needs no introduction. Legendary, <laughs> I yes. think. We all got right scolded word. by her while driving at some point <laughs> in our lives. We are talking about Priscilla Patrick. Thanks for joining us, Pris. Good morning, everyone. No traffic updates for you, but yes. <laughs> lovely to be with you all this morning. The scolding How's can life? continue, though. Can, can, the traffic, can. Right? If, you all, if you all misbehave on the roads, I will. <laughs> <laughs> I just give you the wrong information. Yeah. I love Speaking it. of that, actually, let's jump into the first question actually that relates to that. What? When um, people found out that you were actually going to be could be one of the people joining us back on radio right mm-hmm. one of the things people actually asked was what was some of the um or one of the most like unique things that happened while you were in charge of traffic hmm. wow um <laughs> so many well um i remember a plane uh was about to land at the singapore airport but a gust of wind pushed it off a bit so it landed on the KL Sraman Highway oh, it was a Sunday gosh. so we had to come into work for that um, right. then we had Daisy the cow on the road we had a horse we've had an ostrich I'm sure you all remember the ostrich <laughs> yes, I don't ostrich. remember the ostrich, <laughs> the ostrich on the road <laughs> on the federal highway oh yeah. my yeah. and I gave them names for all of them yeah. oh. um, I've had nasty cases as well mm. uh, I'm sure you all remember the uh, SUV that flipped over the Penang Bridge mm. they were racing yeah, yeah so that yeah. took about two days to find Lising a lot with the police, the highways. Mm. There was another incident, and uh, this was when I was on light. Yeah, well, I was on light on a Sunday, and uh, we had a call. I had a call, and this uh, lady, she called in. She said, mm. thank you very much for one of your traffic updates six months ago. Mm. And I said, what was it about? And she said, my son went out on a Saturday night, mm-hmm. and he didn't come home <gasps> on Sunday. But in the morning on Monday, I had reported of an overturned car in the Klang River next to Mid Valley. Mm. There was a fatality. And so she went and checked. It was her son. She called me six months later to thank her. I didn't know what to say. Wow. Mm. What do you say to something like that? So Yeah. Yeah, so um, those are moments that I will remember for the rest of my life. And I think, I mean, thank you for sharing that because I can tell just by how you're sort of emoting that that that's still very hard as as raw as it was Mm. that day for you. Yeah. Um, I think we forget how important what you did was or what traffic does for us in terms of I think a lot of people never knew the 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 back scene of traffic mm-hmm. uh what we did to get that content out to, to you in 60 seconds mm. mm-hmm. what we had to do what we had to filter mm. how we had to filter our emotions and mm. uh, keep our voices presentable at the same time mm. not sounding or causing any alarm or panic so mm. there was a lot of death and I, and I missed that I will not lie. Mm. I missed that adrenaline rush coming into work because I did not know what was going to happen on the roads, mm. but I knew what to do when anything went wrong. Right, because you'd be you're that voice of reason that comes through that lets people know not only of what they should watch out for but how they should behave. Yeah, I mean well. I would yeah. scold until today. Yeah. <laughs> until today people <laughs> see me when they realize it's me, they go like, Oh the man you used to tell us don't drive with your hazard lights on or yeah. don't quit your day jobs. <laughs> stop <laughs> stowing down and look and yeah. yeah so. Can we can we just rewind a little? Because I mean, let's face it, you, you are the voice of radio in this country for that particular thing, that that reassurance, that that yeah, you were that sort of I don't know um, linchpin yeah, throughout maybe, the day, maybe, yeah, and it impacted so many different people as a result. But like, how did that sort of foray into traffic happen? How did you 
find your own style. Like, you know, these are things not taught how to yeah, deliver that's bad true. reports. Like even getting the data. So could you explain a little bit of sort of how well, the whole beginning happened? As you do know, I came in for talk radio and classic rock mm-hmm. in 97. And then when the uh, licenses were switched to ERA and MAI, we were transferred to the newsroom. And then we were asked, you know, each one was identified what they were going to cover. Mm-hmm. And when they asked uh, in the room if anyone was afraid of heights, everyone put their hands up. And and I remember Ellen Baskin, uh, my boss at that time, he says, what's your name? You're not afraid of heights? I said, no, I just bungeed in South Africa. I said, okay, <laughs> you're doing traffic. And I'm like, what does heights got to do with traffic? Right. And after that, they told me, get on to Yahoo. Yahoo. Uh-huh. Before a, Google? Yes. Uh, <laughs> the go pre-Google. And, go and look at Kiss FM in England and see how they right. do the traffic reports. Mm. So, I mean, you know, back then, it was very really limited internet. And mm. you could not get much. And mm. so, what I had to do was get in touch with all the police stations and tell them who I was. And they would be like, who are you? Get out, get out. And mm. so, finally, I had to take my bosses in. Mm. We called for the big meeting in Bukit Aman. Mm. And when I did the presentation, I just told them, I said, gentlemen, we're here to do half your job. You implement, you enforce, we will inform, we'll mm-hmm. convey, and we will maintain this, you know. And so that relationship began with the police, and I built that up with the highway people as well, mm-hmm. because they were my eyes. There were no CCTV cameras back then. Right. Yeah. So... You know, that trust, even some highways hated me because if there was a jam, I would push it out into another highway and they would call me and score me and say, hey, you know, we lost one million just by one report. I said, oh my gosh, tolls. Yeah. yeah, I'm like, yes. why would it highway right. yeah. you? Okay, right. <laughs> and then I would say like, you know, you're getting a salary at the end of the day and so am I. Mm. But if you have a tour, why are people sitting, sitting in traffic? Yeah, yeah. Before your highway was built, there's this thing called federal routes. Mm. Everybody has a choice at the end right. of the day. Mm. And so, yeah. So and when you're not, you don't owe anything to them. You're, no, what, your, your service My is, service to, is the to the public. Exactly. Yeah. My yeah. bosses are the people. Right. Yeah. If they complained, mm. then I improved. If they complimented, I still want to improve. Yeah. You know. We know that you've been a radio announcer as well. And you've done more than this, this yeah. thing, this traffic thing. thing yeah. But you're so, so popular <laughs> for the traffic thing yeah. that people forget there's more to a person than just this one yeah. facet of them and there is a lot more yeah. to Priscilla I keep calling you Pris because go for it we go back a <laughs> I while I keep forgetting back. right yeah. there yeah. that we're on here right no, it feels like okay. we're just talking to a friend you're a very well traveled person oh yes yes yeah. you love to travel <laughs> Asha is one of my inspirations as well yeah exactly yeah yeah, yeah. and she was doing 360 as like so tell us about where that love came from. Yeah, yeah the and, and the kind of traveling. Because, like, you know, you don't travel like the average person. No. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, talk to us about that. I'm a bit insane on traveling. Yeah. Actually, it started off in 1997 when I was yahooing about the full moon. And then I stumbled on this search about the full moon party in Thailand. Right. And so I went to check it out. And I fell in love with it. And I rave and travelers and subsequently to cut a long story short in a year i went four times for four years mm. did 16 full moons right and then <laughs> i started exploring and going to vietnam and you know laos and there was one friday evening when um little calf mm-hmm. and i said dude what's up for the weekend he said hey babe sorry i gotta fly into bangkok got a party there gotta make some music and then i'll come back on sunday and as he walked out the studio i looked at him and i said one day and I changed the entire game for me. What I did right. was, I started traveling. Uh-huh. I'd done Southeast Asia, most of it. Yeah. Then I bought a world map, probably is bigger than this screen, uh-huh. laminated and put it in my living room. And I said, there'll come a day when I just walk past this world map and I'll touch whatever I want to touch. Mm. That's where I'm going to go. Wow. Right. About 10 years later, I started doing that. Right. Wow. Yeah. So that ultimate freedom that I created for myself, mm. <laughs> I'm still soaking in it. I'm still loving it. Yeah. Um, I put a hold on the travels in 2019 after coming back from Zimbabwe, Zambia, wow. 
Malawi, Zanzibar, and I think Tanzania. I put it on hold for four years, opened up a campsite because I told myself I've already done the seven continents. You opened up a campsite? I did, did. Right. Yeah, yeah I kind of brought all my travels. I banned myself from traveling for four years. Right. And I and said, you brought I the travels <laughs> to you. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Okay, so, 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 so. <laughs> So I was going to do New York on tw- in 2020, March uh, 16, to be precise. 17th, actually, because 16, Donald Trump closed the U.S. Mm-hmm. Then I was going to fly into New York. And 18th, we got, went, Malaysia went into lockdown. Right. I actually mm-hmm. went to KLA. I said, do not take the backpack, Chris. You will get on that flight. Do not take the backpack <laughs> to the airport. <laughs> so I drove to the airport without the backpack because I knew I'll leave the car and I'll fly off. And then I'll be stranded somewhere. Right. So. Right. I went and checked with my airline and, uh, you know, months later they gave me a full refund. But mm-hmm. by December 2020, I realized things are not going to change. This COVID is going to stick around for at least two years. Mm-hmm. It's going to take another two years for normality. Mm. And then by then, prices of things are going to sob. And I have already adapted and conformed twice in my travels. When I started in the 90s, I had the manual camera, you know, where you go, crack, crack, crack. Yes. Right? The wind and up. Yeah, yeah, and you yeah. buy rolls of film, film yeah. and then to develop that yes. you know so you never took five shots of the same object that's right if you do that now yeah. you know, ten times maybe yeah. but uh, I had to confirm to that the digital camera came along mm-hmm. and yeah and the second thing I had to confirm to was the pleasures of arriving in a foreign country after getting your bag from the conveyor belt is mm. picking those maps up yeah. And going outside the airport and looking through and, you know, and figuring out how you're going to, which bus to take, how you're going to get, around, how you get to yeah. the backpacker's place. Right. And then one year when I came down, there wasn't any of these maps. It was SIM card counters. And mm. and then, you know, before you knew it, smartphone came along. So I, I didn't want to conform anymore. So I banned myself from traveling. I said, <laughs> I am not going to let someone poke and prod my nose and tell me I have to sit down for seven days <laughs> right. or 14 days. Yeah. I said, yeah. no. And I said, uh, I was camping at that point, and one morning I woke up and I said, yeah, why Why am I paying 50 ringgit for this campsite? I mm. never want to pay where I put my tent. Mm. I want freedom camping. And then I said, ah, open up your campsite. Yeah. And then I asked myself, where should I open this campsite and what's going to make your campsite different from anybody else's campsite? Mm-hmm. And, and I said, go with what you have, Pris. And I thought, yeah, you know, I'll bring all my troubles. I'm going to put the campsite the way I like, you know, I, w- I want to park my car in the plot and mm-hmm. put my tent next to the car. So I designed that. Right. All the plots you can put in your cars, your camper vans, your bikes, right. your bicycles. It's big. And uh, so basically I brought in what I wanted when I came to this campsite at this place where I recovered two months after the tsunami. Right. And so I've been going to this place for 19 years now. Was it a special place to be to you before that point? No, I mean, uh, after coming back from the tsunami, I needed to get back into the ocean. So my friend and I, we were driving, we said, yeah, let's find a spot. And we found this rundown place and it was in Marang, we pulled in Mm -hmm. and that was where I walked into the South China Sea. Right. Okay, you've just mentioned something in passing that I think we need to definitely revisit. So Pris, you mentioned that you were there when the major tsunami happened in 2004. Tell us, what happened? Yeah, basically it was a visit to uh, Sri Lanka on holiday on the 10th day, the, ne- the day before we were supposed to leave uh, the ocean. I mean, things just got weird. Animals, insects started crawl- crawling out of the floor and uh, there were signs that I did not know were signs. Mm-hmm. And the next morning there was a woman that was screaming intensity on the third take, I think, of her scream. It was the I am going to die scream. And so I went out to check and at that point I saw the water had receded to the horizon. Mm-hmm. 
I did not know what was happening, mm. but I was thinking, hmm, maybe the full moon from last night, you know, changed. Right. <laughs> right. I'm still, you know, <laughs> yeah. right. connecting it to uh, space. And uh-huh. uh, from a distance, I saw Shelley's getting uh, demolished. And then I see this wave. It's like a trickle of white snakes. And in two seconds, it's water levels is already above the uh, three-foot wall that was in front of my wow. raised floor chalet. Mm. In the next one minute, water was already coming in. And, uh, of course, um, I close the door because what you can't see can't hurt you. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> yeah, no, but that makes sense to me. I would do right, the same. Right, I close right. the door. Yeah. 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 Right. But, uh, you know, at some point, the shade started uh, shaking and the nails started popping up. And when we opened the door, there wasn't a balcony. There was on a wall. There was giant waves coming wow. up. It was 9.25 in the morning, but it looked like it was 7.30 in the night or something. It was dark. It was brown. Mm. It was warm. And up and to this um, point, how much time had passed from the point that you heard the screaming? One, two minutes. Right. right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there wasn't any time to even curse or call out for anyone or to think logically mm. what's happening. You're just dealing with it, you know. And then it hit. I went down. I went inside. And I'm sure a lot of y'all have seen the movie Impossible. Mm. And uh, I think the scene when she's flying out of the helicopter and she remembers what happened in the water. So for me, it was 10 times worse because I saw the toilet bowl, the bed, the cupboard. Uh, you've seen those surfing documentaries where you have that tube above. Yeah. Right. I'm underneath that tube, right, right at the bottom. Right. And you basically you're going, you're like a washing machine. Mm. And there was a point when I thought, oh, you know, today, <laughs> today's the day I'm going to die. And I said, cannot be, I haven't traveled enough. <laughs> that was the first thought. Right. But um, And you're experiencing this while traveling. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And, uh, and then when I, you know, in the next few seconds, I realized I had to breathe. And, uh, and I was like, hang on. And I looked up, there's no way I could make it up. And the current kept pulling me in. Mm. And then I said, this is it. And, you know, the last few seconds, you're still in denial. But then after that, you're like, ah, you're going to die. Mm. Mm. And uh, I think there's a calmness that sets in when you, when you give in to death. And I think sometime la- two, maybe last year, two years ago, I finally had a flashback of how long I could have passed out because... Yeah, I, I had to breathe in because I was craving for air and then I took that first breath and it went straight up the forehead and then you cough mm-hmm. and uh, you inhale more water. I remember freezing up. I remember passing out, but I did not know how long after. But yeah, but about a year back, I came out of the bathroom and I was wiping my hair and I suddenly had this flashback of, it was more than a minute. It was more than two minutes. Mm. Because oh. when oh. I came when I came up, it was a different coconut tree, and then, and then I started remembering because I went back one year later, and and I was thinking that coconut tree was really far from where it happened, and so oh, yeah. yeah, I think I possibly died and then came back or something. Mm. But uh, I guess it wasn't my time. And thank goodness for that. Yeah, I know. It, it's it's incredible hearing you talk about this, and and the fact that sort of fragmented. Um, Memories come back after, mm, yeah. So like the, the trauma is trauma. Seventeen and, and, and years, right? And and yeah. it's st- trauma is still not fully discovered, right? I've taken that trauma and I've turned it to a source of strength. Mm. So well, I wanted to ask that because it sounds to me like that source of strength was something really conscious for you for the fact yeah. that we're talking about your campsite, Marang, and that you <laughs> said I had to get back in the water, and that was yeah. like two months afterwards, like yeah. Where does that side of you come from? That 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 knowing that you know this is the path. I well, this is what I have to do to to be able to go and do this. That's oh, the passion for the ocean. I can't just give up something over an incident, no. 
And you know, when you look back at the amount of families in Indonesia and Sri Lanka that live by the ocean, mm. they're still living by the ocean. They didn't have therapists and psychologists to talk to them. They mm. just went back and continued building. And now, though their generations have been wiped out, mm. now they're still they're there. And if they can do it, what's going to make me different from? It sounds like perfect common sense with you saying it. But then there's the other part of me going. I know so many people who have gone through stuff that's not even remotely as traumatic as that and avoid that thing mm. at all costs. So I do think that you are a very special human being. Uniquely for, so. Yes. Yeah. I chose to lean on the power of the mind. Right. And the power of the mind is very strong. Instead of leaning on other apps and vitamins and crap like that, if you sit down and just lean on logic and you are the one that's allowing yourself to hurt, you are the one that's allowing yourself to get up and go. Acceptance is the first form of healing. We all know that. Mm. Once you accept, then you learn to live with it and you embrace it. I don't think there's anything special in me mm. for being able to do this. I think maybe it was the level of death that I experienced at work where I come in and I deal with a lot of death. I deal with a mm. lot of people on the mm. phone right. who are crying and telling me what they've just seen. So there's a lot of empathy and compassion and so having for me seeing an accident with scattered brains is a norm mm. i miss it in actual, in actual fact because there's an adrenaline rush and also you're comfortable in that arena i'm very very right? comfortable so yeah it makes sense because so whenever you're in that space you're actually in a position to help as well exactly. being control, yeah. Yeah. yeah in fact when i came back from the tsunami i came i think i landed on the 29th I think it was a Thursday. <laughs> and then by the 4th of January, I came into work. Mm. And as I walked in, everyone was looking at me like, what are you doing here? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then finally, uh, Datuk B. Borhan, our boss at that point, Sheila called me and her secretary, his secretary, and, what are you doing here, Pris? I said, I didn't apply for leave. My leave, <laughs> my Christmas leave finished. And then, you know, it says you don't show up for work for three days, you get sacked. And he said, oh my God, Pris, just go home now. I said, no, uh, Datuk B. And uh, this... When I hit the on eye button, that's where I'm safest. Mm. Right, right. I'm flawless. So this right. is my safety net. And right. he understood. Okay. And he said, okay, just take a week off and come back. I said, okay, can. So now you're alive. You had this amazing campsite. Yeah, by um, the ocean. <laughs> and um, like, let, let's go back there because obviously this is your happy place and you've kind of, yeah. this is your world. Like, Yeah. This, uh, what's happening there? What are the plans? Nothing. Um, I never make plans because plans never work. <laughs> life, laughs, right? life gets in the way of yeah. it's true country. it's true no and so mm. i do as i go mm -hmm. i foresee where i want this place to be and how i want it to be mm -hmm. mm. and maybe open up a chain of it um and then you know uh bring all my travels there um, i have a little pole you know how you have destinations like new york mm. three thousand yes. miles like a Marcus. little flag post or yeah so i call it the destination pole and i put in 10 so double sided it's 20 locations and then i said you know what I'm going to put the training locations of the places that I've been around the world that mm -hmm. covers all the seven continents. Mm. And I choose locations that are kind of unheard of so that when you do stand and you go like, when the hell <laughs> is this place? <laughs> and then there's interaction. You're going to start Googling. And then once you find out why I put it there. Yeah. And I said, I've been there. And then I start telling these campers about my travels. And they're like, OMG, like, wow. Mm. And so... So, so yeah whilst you may have hung up your, your flying boots just for a bit have, like yeah. is there anywhere that got pinned on that map that still is waiting for your arrival at some stage i never planned my only when i want to go somewhere i'll ask myself okay pris what winter wildlife beach heat right. snow sand what is it then i say oh, um, yeah winter 
So next year is dedicated. My ban is being lifted end of this year. I'm very excited. You're lifting your own ban, is it? <laughs> it comes to an end four years. Okay, right. Four well. years. I've got my American visa renewed for 10 years. I've got my brand new passport. And January, I'm off. I can't tell you where, but... Oh, that was going to be yeah. your next question. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so ready to go. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It's a, next year is dedicated to all the winter sides, the okay. winter poles, the winter continents. And I also decided that I'm going to go back to Sri Lanka for the 20th anniversary next December. Of the 20th anniversary of the tsunami. 20 years, yes. dude. I yeah. can't believe that. Neither can I. For me, it feels like three and a half weeks ago. <laughs> yeah. 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 But, yeah, I still remember the smell and sound. So, but yeah, 20 years. So, how do people find this campsite? Like, is there an Instagram page, website? Like, yeah. what? Yeah, you got to search uh, Priscilla Patrick Camping. I'm not going to put the brand on this because I don't want to freeload my brand on this. Yet. No, I'm, you know. It's just integrity. So do a search for my name. Type mm. camping in Trungano. Okay. You're going to see it. It's got to do with stars and stargazing. Very I cool. even rent out binoculars. So. Very, uh, <laughs> yeah. very cool. So I also rent out tents. People that want to... I've had a lot of first-time campers, solo campers, mm. getting in a lot of motorhomes and camper vans as well. I think that's Exciting. so brilliant, especially if you're a first-timer. You, you want to go camping and try it out. Like It sounds like you know, yeah. it's, a, it's a safe place, and we all want that. And it's gated. It's gated yeah. as well. So, and I mean, I've watched 25 years as a broadcaster. What the hell do I know about camping, <laughs> setting up a campsite, right? So I just sat there one day, and I said, do everything you would do when you want to go camping. Mm. What do you want? And so every day there would be new ideas. And I, when I finally put up my own tent, mm. and I was like... <laughs> you nailed it and I said yeah great and what's, what makes it even perfect now I get workaways you know what workaway is no oh. what's a workaway so there's this website called workaway and mm. if you want to work while you're away mm-hmm. so you got a lot of young people that register this as travelers I register for free as a host mm-hmm. and I've given up this whole website of my place what it looks like what, I, what is the work you need to do right. I'll give you lodging right. okay. you just have to contribute four hours of your time mm-hmm. and keep the campsite clean So in the last two years, I've managed to cover all the six continents of travelers coming and staying. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've seen the world through their eyes. They're like yeah. 23, 24. Cool. Um, I heard a Gen X a couple, Kirk and Sarah from England. Uh, <laughs> they're in the 50s, highly funny. Uh, but to see these people, you know, from Italy, Spain, US, Russia, Africa, yeah. K- Kenya, and um, upcoming, I think, is another Spanish couple are coming. So... I haven't lost out on traveling these four years yeah. because I'm now seeing it from their eyes. And then when I share the stories of whatever that's happened to me in the last two decades while traveling, they're like, wow, I'm, they're not going to see what I've seen, but I'm going to see what they've been going through. You know? mm. So now I have a choice also. I'm thinking whether I'm going to be put off by traveling with the new way people are traveling. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I said, no, it's just a reset because you get to go around the continents again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And no matter what changes yeah. around you, you're still going to be you. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah, of course. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Where do you think this passion for, because you, you're so passionate about almost anything that you do, including traveling, including the traffic that you did, <laughs> just life in general. Where does this come from? I just love the unknown. Right. I'm just very curious of the unknown. And, uh, I love things that have not been done by another human or seen by another human right. or practiced by another being. Right. And that's when I venture out, you know. Yeah. Next year, once I do what I'm going to do, um, the next thing I need to do is go to space. So I need, I need your guy, you guys to help me out to get in touch with Richard Branson. All right. We'll send emails for you uh, Absolutely. to everyone. Who's yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, seriously. I just, yeah. just want to get... 
get on that spaceship, yeah. have a look at Earth mm-hmm. from space, and then come back down. Fantastic. Yeah. It's been such awesome. a joy having you here <laughs> Thank with you us. so much. <laughs> While you're I'm still on welcome. Earth with you. <laughs> before, before we lose you to space <laughs> or however long you might yeah. be there. Yeah. And, you know, um, I never thought I'd make it to the Antarctic, and then I did. Mm. So space is not impossible. It's just a little bit further. Yeah. That's all. That's this has been Priscilla Patrick with us. <laughs> Thanks, Make guys. sure you wait for that book to come out. Uh-huh. <laughs> yes, I was just, I'm just assuming. I'm just assuming there should be a book, Chris. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking for a writer because I tried one page and then mm-hmm. I said you know what I did all the travels I'm very tired I yeah. need someone to write that okay, book okay so, so. Uh, any ghost writers out there you have yeah. to be super good uh, yeah. if you're interested <laughs> get in touch with us and we'll put you in touch with Pris yeah because yeah a book and I have uh Two friends in each continent except Antarctica that this book can be marketed out. So there you go. <laughs> the marketing plan is already shaping okay. before yes. the book even written. You, you can hear those fingers tapping on the on the on the tabletops. That's Chris right. already like. Okay, right. a plan is an action. Got it. All right. And she'll yeah. make sure that that road the roads are clear on your way to that meeting because she will make sure traffic bends to her will. <laughs> Dreams of a free guys until you make it real. Mm. With that, yeah. thank you so much. You're Priscilla. welcome. It's yeah. been a joy. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. Thank you so much. <laughs> and of course, you can listen to this again or even share it with a Pris fan if you head on over to the Light Breakfast podcast. That's on the Shock app. You've been listening to a Light FM podcast on Shock. That's S Y O K.